we're back. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Maddie G, here, as always, with Colby Patton. Colby, what's happening? Yeah, not not a ton. Um, you know, I'm sitting here in a in a room uh, recording on uh, what is supposed to be my vacation, so I better not hear any of you guys question my my dedication to the league as I'm recording this free podcast for you guys on night one of my, uh, my little three or four day vacation. So, uh, you're welcome. And, uh, you guys should make it up to me by, you know, trading with me and having fun instead of just trading all your best players to Brian, who will then trade them to somebody else for less. (laughs) Well, and, and we can't act like doing the podcast is not work because they're making us work for it tonight <laughs> with this week's podcast. I'm not look, we're not even going to waste any time talking about standings. You're not going to get any Seattle Sea Dragons QB talk on this podcast. So, if that's what you were looking for, then you're going to have to you're going to have to go somewhere else. I don't know if they are actually to be honest with you, I don't know if anybody's going to give you that. But um we got 11 trades. I know we had a couple weeks here where things were slow. We didn't we didn't really have as as much to talk about on the podcast with the with the trades, but we've got eleven trades to talk about tonight on this week's podcast. Um, so you know, without any without any further ado, there's going to be no filler here. We're going to try to get through this stuff as as concisely as possible while still giving you guys content. Now, now I just want to preface before we jump into this first trade here. I did meet with Colby yesterday before uh, you know, before he left for his vacation and naturally a lot of our conversation did center around the league. So uh, you know, unfortunately a lot of what you what you get from us this evening is probably not going to be necessarily organic (laughs) because we've talked about a lot of this stuff already, but um, we'll just try to, to, to hit all the points for you again. Um, So, and, and frankly, we didn't talk about all these deals. We just talked about a couple of them, but, but nonetheless uh, let's get right into this. And, and, and like always, if there was any fab involved in any of these deals, which I don't re- recall that there even was, that much isn't going to show up when we go into the league transactions and look at the, uh, the, the players that move around. So we're really, we're really mo- more focused on the players. So the first deal that we got here happened a week ago, and it was Brennan um, and, and Mitch. And so Brennan acquires... Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, T. Higgins, and Trevor Lawrence in exchange for Matt Stafford, uh, Najee Harris, and Jamar Chase. And look, it's not it's gonna be tough to evaluate this trade. Uh, with the knowledge that we've gained today, Jamar Chase looking like a prime candidate for the injured reserve. They're speculating four to six weeks. He's looking for a second opinion on that. But nonetheless, you know, Mitchell trades Chase a couple weeks ago in this deal, gets him back, 
Chase blows up this past week, has a monster game. And then it looks like Mitchell's going to be without him for a while. But let's just put that aside. And what? how would you evaluate this deal just looking at the players involved? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's tempting to say bulk, like uh, Brennan got a bunch of bulk. Uh, because you hear names like Stafford and Najee Harris and Jamar Chase, and you're like, wow, those are, those are you know, all first or second round picks uh, at the beginning of the year. But uh, when you kind of peel back the onion a little bit here, Stafford hasn't been good at all. Uh, Harris has been, I think, a running back too, like a low-end running back too. I don't know how he did this last week, um, but he hasn't been fantastic. And then Chase, you know, was a little up and down, uh, had his big week, and then, you know, like you mentioned, unfortunately injured. But um, so it, it's, it, it is kind of a bulk deal, but it's not, it's, you know, it, it's not like Brennan got like a bunch of, a bunch of scrubs, right? It, it's, you know, cream hunt is interesting. Uh, you know, even as kind of the, the backup to, to, uh, Nick Chubb, he's still pro- I would say probably a solid number two running back. He's, he's fine. You'd really love him as your flex, but yeah, he's, he's a fine number two Gordon, kind of weird what they're doing with that, uh, that Denver running game. Uh, they seem to really like Latavia. So we'll see how that works out. Um, and then Lawrence is actually better than Stafford, like both in fantasy and real life, at least right now. Uh, so a little bit of an upgrade there. Um, and if you're, and I think if you're Mitch, you're, you're looking at this and you're going, well, I have some running back depth. I mean, I still have Zeke. I still have Henry. Um, you know, I, 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 and now I'm going to have Najee, like, so yeah, I'll give up Gordon and Hunt for that. Higgins or Chase, you know, when he made the trade, no brainer. You'd rather have Chase. And then Lawrence for Stafford, uh, you know, it's a downgrade, but you are upgrading that receiver. And I think you could argue you're, you, you, he might be able to argue that he was upgrading at running back too, but eh, it just feels like this was a, a deal where took a little bit off of his running back depth, took a little bit uh, off of his QB uh, situation. Although Mitch does have two other starting options, at least I'm not going to say good quarterbacks, but (laughs) two starters. Uh, and he gets, you know, a huge upgrade at wide receiver and he gets his boy. So I think it's, I think it's a trade that, you know, on the surface, uh, without knowing the intent of either of these guys, I think it's a deal that makes some decent sense actually. And, And I just want to echo that. I do actually agree with you here. Uh, Mitch's side of the deal in terms of what he got, you're really looking at names. And and if you're gonna if you're gonna base your opinion on this deal uh on the basis of, of what these guys did last year, then from Mitchell's perspective, you're gonna feel like you are running away with this one. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, you just can't look at it that way. Stafford has had, you know, there's been talk this year about the shoulder and and the elbow or whatever and and you know and the production that we got from him last year just hasn't been there this year and frankly the same goes for Harris you know Najee Harris was a volume monster last year and he's still the featured back for Pittsburgh but the volume isn't there this year like it was last year um so frankly what you're really getting here is like you said you know you're shedding a little bit of running back depth if you're Mitchell. Um, and then, and, and frankly, you're doing it for 
for uh, sure an upgrade, but but is it a substantial upgrade from Higgins to to Chase? I mean, I'll let you guys be the judge of that. Um, it's it's um, it's an interesting trade. It just depends on how you're going to look at it. But um, you might be right. You we you know if you want to pick a winner here. You might pick. You might just pick Brennan, which I think some people would be what some people would be surprised by. Um, but it just kind of feels like, you know, Mitchell. Mitchell got the names, the name value, sure. But but what are these guys doing this year? And I'm not going to say a sideways thing about Chase. Obviously, he's just he's great. But Stafford and and Najee Harris, they're not what they were last year, um, or at least they haven't been. And so I think that needs to be accounted for when, when trying to evaluate this deal. Yeah. Um, I would tend to agree. I just, I think the, the X factor here in this deal is probably Melvin Gordon. Um, see how he looks. I think there's an off chance that Gordon or hunt get traded at the deadline. Uh, I, I don't think it's likely, but there's a possibility, but, uh, you know, in their current roles, Gordon and Hunt are both kind of, eh, you know, running back twos. Um, but there's definitely upside there, and uh, particularly in Kareem Hunt. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just – I feel like, you know, Mitchell I, – I don't know. I think Mitch was eight and four when he made this deal. So he was probably thinking, yeah, you know, I, I can I, – I think that Harris and Stafford are going to turn things around and get closer to what they were last year and, and – uh, I can afford to wait on that. Uh, I, I just wonder if that factored in at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and of course, from Brennan's standpoint, he's just trying to to stay alive. So yeah. to get, so to get the depth, the extra running back, um, you know, apparently that was, that was enough to tip the scales for, for him here. So um yeah, interesting, interesting deal. And actually, another thing, just just a side note here, a lot of really big deals here, a lot like like this week. So mm-hmm. um, some of these are, are going to be uh, kind of difficult to sort out, uh, and that includes this next one here, which was Isaiah and Brian. Um, so so bear with us while as we try to to untangle some of these these deals to the best of our ability. Uh, Isaiah acquires Tyler Lockett, Leonard Fournette, AJ Brown, Chase Claypool, and Kyle Pitts from from Brian in exchange for Travis Kelsey, Jonathan Taylor, Darnell Mooney, Caleb Huntley, and um, J- uh, Jamison Williams. So, um, look. I'll make it. I'll 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 make mine short and sweet here, and then I'll hand the, I'll hand the reins over to you. Respectfully, um, this this is one of a series of deals that has started. I feel give or take a little bit, a week and a half or two weeks ago, uh, where it just feels, from my honest perspective, if I'm if I'm if I'm just not gonna be concerned about, you know, being, you know, PC or, or not, you know, not treading on anybody's feelings or whatever. Uh, it just feels like, like 
Brian is just slowly but surely downgrading his team um, it, from my perspective. And I think that that, that r- remains true here. Um, you know, frankly, what does he really gain by getting Huntley or Jamison Williams? And the answer is not a whole lot. And with Jamison Williams, nothing, because Jamison Williams has been dumped. Uh, I think it was actually by, by Dewey, but regardless, uh, so really what Brian gets out of this deal is Kelsey and Jonathan Taylor. And and what did he give up to, to get those guys? Well, um, obviously Kyle Pitts hasn't been great this year. So, so you know what? If you want to write Kyle Pitts off, fair enough. Maybe that's that that's that may very well be fair for this year. Um, but Lockett, Fournette, AJ Brown, and Chase Claypool for Jonathan Taylor and Travis Kelsey. That's not nothing. I mean, I think that I think that's quite a bit of of potential depth. And maybe you scoff at Claypool. Okay, fair enough. Still, Fournette and AJ Brown and Tyler Lockett for mm-hmm. for Kelsey and Jonathan Taylor. Um pretty good (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know that's those are some those are some good players so i'll let you i mean if you want to go ahead and and add anything or or give your own take on it but but i'm just gonna you know preface just about i think probably just about every time that brian pops up over the course of this show um you know i'm just i'm just kind of scratching my head a little bit if i'm being honest yeah um yeah, I think you said it pretty for me, Huntley, Williams, Pitts. I mean, they're they're kind of not in this conversation. Those are all guys that you can drop or will be dropped in a week or two or whatever, or already have been dropped. Um, even Mooney, like he's a good player. I really like Mooney. I think he's a good player. Just that offense, that passing offense in particular. Eh, but whatever. He's not he's not a throwaway. Like if Mooney was a throwaway, then Claypool's a, a throwaway. I think that's fair. But uh, like you said, then it becomes, you know, Taylor and Pitts. Um, or sorry, Taylor and Kelsey for Lockett, Fournette, and Brown. That's that's pretty good. You know, I, I think that's really fair value. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like this is really, in my opinion, this is a four for two. Uh, and I think Fournette and Taylor are, pretty close considering what we've seen from, from Jonathan Taylor this year and how, you know, that indie offensive line has regressed some. Um, and then Lockett and Brown, I mean, Brown's a pretty solid low end wide receiver one, uh, probably a high end wide receiver two and Lockett's, you know, he's, he's kind of up and down, but he's, we, we know who Tyler Lockett is. We know what he's going to do at the end of the year. So, um, yeah, I just, I don't think there's enough value coming back to, to Brian, but if it was just this deal for Brian, you could understand it. Cause it's like, Oh, well now he has Kelsey. Now he has Taylor. Those are, you know, arguably tight end one and running back one. Like that's how we viewed it at the beginning of the year. That's fine. But unfortunately it wasn't it for Brian. So I, it, it's, it's hard to separate these trades. Um, just because Brian made like, I think four big ones. So they are all kind of connected, 
just looking at this deal right here, I don't think I don't think Brian got like played or anything like that. I just I wonder like, eh, you know, did he did he get better with this deal? Maybe, but uh, I I feel like if I feel like he probably could have done a little better. As weird as that sounds, well, it just feels like a lot like textbook, you know, textbook depth. And and when I say depth, let me be clear. I'm not talking about just flex pieces. We're talking about like, for the most part, like very usable fantasy assets. So it's pieces that you can actually feasibly use in your lineup. And then Brian gets like the high end um, stars, I suppose, with with um, with the name value to boot. And um, yeah, it's those are the types of deals where I guess it depends a lot on what you have on your team. But since we've had so many deals happen between this one and and the and as we speak today, you know, we know that for example, Jonathan Taylor wasn't long for Brian's team. So he goes and trades him before he even gets a chance to plug him into his lineup a single time. Um and we'll get to that, but um it just kind of feels like the, you know, it's like the the slow spiraling of the toilet flush, you know, um, <laughs> is what I kind of, it's this is like kind of the beginning of that, you know, where you, you yeah. just, you just put the handle down. And, uh, and as we continue talking uh, this evening, uh, you know, it's going to continue to, to spiral a bit. Um, in, in my, in my, from my perspective. So, um, I'm sure Brian will respectfully disagree, but, but frankly, given the gifts that he's posting, uh, I'm not, I'm not convinced that he really does disagree, which is strange. Um, anyhow. All right. So again, as we just said, Jonathan Taylor, not long for Brian's team. As a matter of fact, he didn't even make it. Um, he didn't even, he made it, he made it just over two hours. Oh boy. Another deal. Another deal live on the pod. Well, we'll get to that one too. Jesus Jesus Christ. Um, so if we didn't have enough on the docket already, all right, well, so that'll be our 12th trade anyhow. So what we have here is, is like I said, you know, Jonathan Taylor didn't, Hardly made it. Hardly made it. Twenty four hours on Brian's roster before he gets traded to Stephen's team. Stephen acquires Sam Darnold and Jonathan Taylor in exchange for Cordero Patterson and Devin Singletary. Um, I guess the question here: forget about Sam Darnold. Who gives a shit? But <laughs> Jonathan Jonathan Taylor for Cordero Patterson and Devin Singletary. Did Brian get enough? The disrespect to Nancy Reagan. Um, <laughs> screw Nancy Reagan. I don't want to get political here, but people with AIDS are people too. Anyways, um, no. <laughs> I mean, simply put, no. Um, I guess as Brian would say, well, look at it. Taylor hasn't been very good this year relative to expectation. And, you know, Patterson and Singletary are both number twos and blah, blah, blah. You know, ignore that Patterson's injured right now. And we think he's coming back soon. 
We don't really know. We think, and, and Singletary is coming off his best game, maybe of his career, which should be a red flag, right? So, um, yeah, the answer is no. Uh, this, I te- I think I texted TJ this after the trade shortly. This legitimately might be the worst trade in, in, in league history. Yeah, I think that um, here's the other problem with the argument about Jonathan Taylor. If if you're gonna trade Jonathan Taylor, and and you're gonna and your argument for not quote unquote not getting enough for him is that he hasn't been very good this year. Okay, I'm not even gonna argue against that. But if that's true, then why did you trade for him in the first place? Why did you have him in in your previous deal with Isaiah, where you gave up all these assets and basically all you got in return? was Kelsey and Jonathan Taylor. Now you're going to turn around and trade Jonathan Taylor for Patterson and Singletary? I did, I don't think that that feels like uh that's not compelling enough of a return if I'm in Brian's shoes given what I just gave up to acquire Jonathan Taylor. Uh, that's not going to get it done for me. So No. I mean, like I, said, I Brian I guess could argue that what he actually did is essentially a three-team deal, but what he actually did is he gave up Lockett, Fournette, Brown, Claypool, and Pitts for Kelsey, Mooney, Huntley, Williams. Well, Mooney, Huntley, Williams, we already talked about. Um, uh, Cordero and, and Singletary. But again, you traded, I would say, hey, that, that's not how it works because you had Jonathan Taylor on your team. It wasn't abstract. He was there. Um, but I would say you traded four impact like starters in a 14 team league, uh, guys who are, you know, weekly starters, you're going to put them in your lineup every single week. You traded them for an elite tight end Eh. (laughs) and, you know, a couple of flex guys. Right? I mean, like, basically, I mean, he trades I mean, Lockett, the, Burnett, Brown, Claypool, Pitts at the end of the day, and he walks away with basically Kelsey, Singletary, and Patterson. Right, right. But that's, that's, that's again, assuming that he's done. So <laughs> if you want to go ahead, we'll go ahead and move forward. Man, I'm telling you, these are rough because – because you're watching the slow but sure, the slow but but efficient degradation of a of a roster, um, and and these all these all all these deals happen in a matter of it feels like what forty eight hours. So then, it, shortly after he he makes the deal uh, to send Taylor away, he makes a a mega deal with mm-hmm. his brother, where he acquires. Aaron Rodgers, Mike Mike Williams, Nick Chubb, uh, Naheem Hines, and Mike Pittman uh, in exchange for Terry McLaurin, Devin Singletary, CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Hurts, and Jamison Williams. Um, where do we start? I mean, where do we st- I mean, where do we start? I mean, here's the thing. I couldn't tell you the exact day off the top of my head that that 
Matt Ryan got benched by the Colts. But you have to think that that doesn't help Michael Pittman, first off. So so really, you look at what Brian got, and you want to say, you want to say, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a, is a name, and and Nick Chubb and Mike Williams has been great, and and then Michael Pittman. Okay, let's you know again. I don't know how much of this information he had necessarily, but some of it he sure some, some of it when he made this deal, surely he did. So okay, so let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. You got Aaron Rodgers. Okay, but the Packers offense, especially the passing offense has not been great and of course that's largely due to a lack of weapons but nonetheless it hasn't been great you gave up Jalen Hurts so so one way or another you downgraded at quarterback and there's not a debate to be had um okay fair enough so so then what's the next what's the next you know thing you look at here well you did get Nick Chubb so that's good I mean I'm not gonna I can't say that that's not great you got Nick Chubb, uh, and if there's a uh, a parallel or a piece that you want to line him up with here, then then I don't know, maybe Ceedee Lamb. Um, and so okay, you know, Chubb is a great running back. You know, Ceedee Lamb has been has been solid, um, but I look at the rest of what Brian gets here. Sure, Mike Williams has been great this year when healthy, but we know now that he is not healthy. He's going to miss some time. And frankly, let's not kid ourselves. His production this year is, you could speculate, is a little bit of an illusion because the bulk of the season, Keenan Allen hasn't played. So when Keenan Allen's healthy, is Mike Williams as productive as he's been the first you know seven weeks of this year? I don't know. Nope. Probably not, you know? So, so okay, so you trade for an illusion in Mike Williams. You get Michael Pittman, who now has what you have to speculate as a quarterback downgrade. Um, and then, you know, and then Naheem Hines, who cares? Sorry, Naheem. I mean, he might have a couple games, but whoop-de-doo. And what'd you give up? McLaurin, a very usable piece. Singletary, what, RB2? C.D. Lamb, uh, you know, low-end receiver one. And Jalen Hurts. Right, and then and then Jalen Hurts, a top, what, top five quarterback? Um, and who cares about Jamison Williams? Regardless, uh, one way or another, from my perspective, um, basically you got Chubb. I'm not saying you didn't get anything else, but really – you got Chubb and you downgraded all these other pieces you got were downgrades on what you gave up in order to get Chubb. Am I wrong? Is that how you see it? Or do you see it differently? Um, no, I, I think that's about right. Uh, I would say, yeah, I think you downgraded at both quarterback or quarterback and both wide receiver spots. Um, Williams, who cares, but, uh, you know, Hines is, he's not who cares. Like Hines is, you know, decent flex play some weeks, but eh, we could toss those two guys out of the deal, right? Like they're not super consequential right now. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, pre-injury, I would rather have Lamb than than Williams or McLaurin. Uh, it's close. Like 
if you want to say that, that, you know, obviously pre-injury that Mike Williams is better than McLaurin or lamb, I guess I, I probably wouldn't, but yeah, sure. Fine. Whatever. Uh, but Pittman, he's not having a very good year. Matt Ryan wasn't very good. You know, I just, CD lamb is actually getting his quarterback back. Um, McLaurin very well may have just gotten a quarterback upgrade <laughs> depending on how you feel about Carson Wentz. But uh, yeah, just, it felt like you downgraded everywhere else to upgrade from at Nick Chubb. And the weird thing is, is that like you didn't need, you just had Jonathan Taylor. You know what I mean? Like you didn't, wouldn't need to trade for Chubb uh, if you had just kept Jonathan Taylor. And you probably still could have done the rest of this deal. So I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's weird. I don't get it. Like I, I don't see the build making a lot of sense here. It just feels like sometimes it feels like trading for trading's sake. Um, but again, it, it's tough because Brian's team is still like it's still pretty good. Like it's not like he has no chance now. I just, I just don't. I look at all these trades that he's made, and he still has. Does he have any more consequential trades that we're going to talk? I think this is it. Or like super consequential. Uh, nope. Well, one more. Semi. He's got some more deals. He's he's never done. An yeah. addict is never is never done. <laughs> one more hit. Uh, yeah, right. sure. Uh, but no, I just I feel like I look at these three deals, and at the end of it, do I do I think Brian got better at the end of these three trades? No. Neither do I. And, and, and like I said, I'm just kind of left scratching my head. I'm just, I'm just kind of confused on, on what was the, what was the, the line of reasoning here? What was the thought process? And does, and, and does Brian think that he got better? And, uh, and if so, I'd love to kind of hear, hear him out a little bit here. Cause I'm not really, I'm not really aligned with what he's, what he's doing here, what he's thinking. It doesn't, it doesn't really seem to make very much sense to me. So if he wants to, if he wants to enlighten me, then, um, then I would invite him to do so on the, on the chat. Maybe, 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 obviously you don't owe anybody any answers, but maybe you could just, you know, clear your name on the league chat for, for the rest of the league. Cause I'm sure a lot, I'm sure there's more than just me that'd love to, to hear him out. Mm -hmm. um yeah i guess we can move forward here to um deals that are a little bit easier to to break down here um you know it finally after three deals in a row that involved brian we get a couple other guys having getting involved in the fun here so you got tj and jake here tj acquires um David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert and Michael Carter from Jake Smith in exchange for Joe Mixon and Drake London. Um, what are your thoughts on this deal? Eh, kind of mid. <laughs> um, so it's basically the Bears running game and Michael Carter for Joe Mixon and, and Drake London. Uh, Car- the easiest way to break this down is Carter for London. That's That's fine. Like... Um, it's worth noting TJ made this trade shortly before or shortly after the Jets placed uh, Brees Hall on IR, but also shortly before they went out and acquired James Robinson. So, so, so a little bit of bad luck there from TJ. 
I'm sure he was counting on a bigger role for Carter and he still might get it. I mean, Carter's a pretty good player. So uh, we'll see how the Jets divvy up the touches there. Um, but either way, anyway, you want to slice it, that part of the trade, totally fair, whatever, who cares? I either side could win that, that, that part of the trade Montgomery and Herbert for Mixon. I'd, I'd rather have Mixon, uh, quite frankly, but Montgomery's you know, a valuable player. Uh, well, either of the bears running backs are pretty valuable players. Uh, you kind of want both. You kind of need both, which I know isn't the case anymore, but at the time, yeah, you want both of those guys because when Montgomery gets hurt, Herbert's proven to be a very, you know, good fantasy running back. So I think with all things considered, TJ probably thought he was getting a pretty sizable upgrade in one of his, his flex spots for a pretty marginal downgrade at running back. And he still might. Well, like I said, we'll see how James Robinson factors in here. But uh, at the time of the trade, I think it's I think it's fine. Like, I, I don't see any huge issue with it. I would just probably rather have Jake's side, but... I can see why TJ did it. He needs, he needs help up and down his lineup. Sure. I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with everything that you said. Um, so I guess we can move forward this next deal. Not much to say here. Brian and Jake Smith, Brian acquires cam Akers in exchange for Samaj P Ryan, obviously mm-hmm. Jake Smith going to get some Joe Mixon insurance and it costs him cam Akers, Who's on the outs in, in LA a deal that makes perfect sense for both sides. Yep. Not much to say there. You know, Brian gets a lottery ticket with some upside Mm -hmm. and Jake Jake Smith's cuff. Right. Perfect deal. It makes a deal that makes perfect sense. Um, Once again, Brian is not finished. He, (laughs) he trades Mike Williams and Tyquan Thornton to will in exchange for Chuba Hubbard, Alec Pierce, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, what what do we think about this? What what do we what do we make of of this deal here? Is you know do you think Brian did well here? Is he continuing to to spiral down the down the toilet here? What do you think? Uh, I think this deal makes more sense than the other ones. Uh, it's, you know, this trade happens uh, after the weekend of games. So Brian has the hindsight of knowing that Mike Williams has a high ankle sprain. Uh, he's going to miss, he was going to miss this week anyways, because of the bye. but he's probably going to be out two or three more weeks, possibly four or five, like high ankle sprains are, they're kind of tough to, to get a good grasp of timelines on. Uh, and so, you know, he's got an injured player, a pretty good injured player, but, an injured player who is not, uh, you know, he's not fantastic. Like he is not as good as his value would indicate because like you mentioned earlier, Keenan Allen's coming back, yada, yada. Um, so what does he do? He trades him and he gets, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones. He's actually been pretty good. Um, he's definitely in the flex conversation. Uh, Chuba, we'll see how that works out with form. And that's a bit of a, a two headed, monster and and neither monster is particularly attractive but he should get some some work i would think and then pierce has been uh you know kind of a a fringy flex play a lot of weeks so i I think you know it's it's definitely more of a depth play for brian but brian needs starters and he is six and eight at this point uh he's on the outside looking into the playoffs and he might not be well he might not be able to uh, wait around for mike williams 
So, you know, you traded a lot of your, your depth to go get basically Chubb and, and downgrade everywhere else. And, you know, the house of cards that he built collapsed, at least at the wide receiver position. And so he has to go out and, and try to do what he can to mend it. Meanwhile, Will's in a great position. This isn't the first trade like this Will's made. He can wait on Mike Williams. He doesn't need Mike Williams. And he traded three bench guys to get him. So it's a, it's a great trade for, for Will. Um, and it's a trade I can I can understand from Brian's standpoint because he gets probably, I would get, I haven't looked at his lineup this week, but I would assume that he's starting all three of those guys that he got. And well, he's not in like desperation mode for wins. He really can't kick, you know, punt many weeks. Uh, he's not, he's not in great position. He's an okay position. What I would want to ask Brian is knowing what we know now and having heard a little bit of, um, you know, two sort of, you know, two outside perspectives on, on kind of the trajectory of your team over the course of the last week or so, if you could turn back time, would you, would you maybe not press the button on that first trade that sort of set these these dominoes in motion that's what i would that's what i would want to know because i agree with you here we are now and again it's just another one of those deals where like you know you made the deal with with dewey and one of the names that you got in that deal was mike williams and you go out there and you sell him are you getting any impact players in return and I understand Mike Williams is injured now and he's not going to help you for a while, but are you getting the impact players in return? And it would seem that you're probably not. And so, um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I guess I get it from, you know, with the context of Williams and, and his, his health being in question for the time being, but um, really difficult to be too excited about the return here. If I'm being, if I'm being quite frank. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, the next, uh, the next deal here, just a quick one. I acquired Curtis Samuel for Robert Woods. There's really not a lot to see here other than I guess the one sort of maybe potentially intriguing um detail is that I played Jake Smith this week so I could just see Robert Woods going out there this week against the Texans and finally doing something my bet is with my luck he probably has two tutters this week um, <laughs> and Curtis Samuel leaves at the end of the first quarter with a hamstring that's my prediction um, but nonetheless I just like Curtis Samuel more than Robert Woods and that's why I made the trade Apparently, Jake Smith thinks the opposite, and that's why this deal happened. But it's not – I'm not going to sit here and say it's an impact move. It's not. It's just, you know, it's like Jake said when he made he made a deal earlier this year. He said it's just a classic board bet trade. It's what yep. it is, you know. So yep. nothing overly exciting there. Um, Jake Smith continues to make moves. Here's one. This one's going to have a little bit of a conversation. This is one just for just for, for full disclosure to the listeners. This is one that we did spend quite a bit of time talking about yesterday when we met up. Um, and that is Will acquiring Russell Wilson and Garrett Wilson from Jake Smith in exchange for Ryan Tannehill. 
Um, I'll let you, I'll let you take the lead here, Colby. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand some of the reaction I saw in the chat to this one. Um, because I think a lot of people just looked in there were like, I don't know if people were shocked that Jake traded Russell Wilson or they thought it was a bad deal or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with this trade. Uh, you know, Jay, it's funny on the way up here, on the way up to my vacation, which I am interrupting for you guys, keep that in mind with your future trade negotiations. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, he, he, Jake sent me a text and he was like, uh, so do, should I, or do you need an explanation for why I made that trade? Uh, I think anticipating that we would talk about it on the podcast. And I was like, no, I think I'm going to nail that. Like, I, I feel really good about like your thought process here. So Jake, you can tell me how close I am. And I, I think Matt pretty much shares the same idea. Um, Tannehill for Wilson. Those are two quarterback twos. that got, that got flipped for each other. That's just what they are at the end of the day. They're QB twos. Um, and for Jake, I don't know. A lot of people seem to, I'm guessing Garrett Wilson was like, whoa, you couldn't, you couldn't get Tana Wilson for Tannehill straight up or whatever. Who cares? Garrett Wilson's a nobody. Wilson's been unstartable for basically since week two. He just hasn't been good. He's a nobody. And if Jake believes that Ryan Tannehill is going to be a better fantasy option than Russell Wilson, he shouldn't let Garrett Wilson stand in the way of that. Uh, also, it's worth noting, I think, uh, that Ryan Tannehill just had his buy. Russell Wilson is a game time decision on an early Sunday morning kick in London. And then he has his bye week. Jake needs wins. I mean, it, it, it's something that he needs. And if Russ isn't going to be a hundred percent anytime soon, um, then how much better is he really than, than, uh, than Ryan Tannehill who's already had his buy. He's not. And as a little side note here, I, I don't know how much of a factor this made, but Jake also has Malik Willis. So even if Tannehill gets benched or hurt, he's got a guy who can run around, make plays with his legs, big arm. Like he's got a guy who could be fantasy viable. Um, so in reality, it just made perfect sense for uh, for Jake to make this trade. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it at all. Like I said, Tannehill for Wilson, as weird as it sounds based on where they were drafted, that's legitimate. That's a legitimate conversation to have. And Garrett Wilson is, is a nobody. Uh, just straight up, he's a nobody in the fantasy league right now. He's rosterable, and that's it. There you go. I think that the only thing that I would add to what you said, you know, we talked about, we talked quite, we talked quite extensively about this. I do think that the sort of the the response to the deal, the negative response to the deal is largely predicated on the fact that Will's at the top of the mountain here. He's at the, he's, you know, top of the standings, 13 and one, picked up his first L of the season this year. And you've got these guys who are jockeying for playoff positioning and they're looking up there at the top of the standings and they're paying extra close attention to what the people at the top are doing and especially Will. And when they see Will go from Tannehill to Russell Wilson, from a name value standpoint, they're like, how am I going to beat this guy in the playoffs when I see him in the semifinals or the championship, you know, for, you know, hypothetically, and he's, and he's out here starting 
Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson in a super flex league. And the key is to just recognize that, that as it stands right now, um, you know, we might be focusing a little bit too much on name value. Um, when, when we look at it from that perspective and time will tell, but, um, I understand why Will would want to make this move unquestionably, but I also understand why Jake Smith would want to make this move. This is an interesting trade. And I think the fact, and you know, when, when something is so contentious like this, like this trade was, um, it's just interesting that you're going to have some people look at this deal and they're going to feel like, like Jake made a terrible choice. He got totally hustled. And then you've got people like, like you and me who are like, I don't really see what the big deal is. So, yeah, you know, but you have to adapt over time to, to what you've seen and, and be honest about when you evaluate a deal. And, and then you also have to factor in where are these respective teams when yep. the, the people that are making this deal, where, where do they sit right now? Um, and you have to factor that in as well. So, um, honestly, crazy to think that such a simple deal with such few players would be maybe the most interesting of, of this episode, at least so far. Um, yeah. you know, a lot of these guys want to do four for four, five for five, five for four. Who would have thought two for one is way more compelling than some of these other deals that we're seeing, but yeah. It's uh, also, I don't think we could overlook uh, Jake getting the mighty uh, Ryan Tannehill and Robert Woods stack in the same week. Um, so watch out guys. That must've been his plan all along. He's, he's gambling Galaxy. on the fact that that's the buy low stack of, of week seven. There you go. There you go. Um, all right. Moving forward. We only got a few more here. So how are we doing on time? Good, good. This will be good. Good. We're going to have a full episode. It's going to be straight trade talk. All right. The next deal here is TJ and and Dewey. And would you believe it? Dewey finally acquires Justin Herbert, his <laughs> the love of his life, his sole obsession. Finally gets him after seven and a half weeks of TJ antagonizing the shit out of him. And uh, so he gets Herbert, both Herberts, actually, Justin Herbert and Khalil Herbert, along with David Montgomery and Deontay Johnson, in exchange for Devin Singletary, Jalen Hurts, and James Cook. So basically, TJ gets the Buffalo running game, more or less, you would presume, and Jalen Hurts, and, and he gives up Justin Herbert, the Chicago running game and Deontay Johnson. So what were your thoughts when you saw this one come through? Yeah. Uh, feels a little light on TJ's part. I would rather have the bears running backs than uh, the, the bills running backs, which is also weird to say, but yeah, that's just where I'm at. Um, but you know, I, I think it's fair to say Hertz is a better fantasy quarterback than Herbert and to project that going forward. Um, I think that's, I think that's a fair statement. Um, as for, you know, Deontay Johnson, eh, 
Like, isn't that just the feeling of the entire Pittsburgh uh, Steelers passing game? Just kind of, eh, you know. So, uh, I, I don't, I don't think that that's all that important um, in this trade. It could be. I mean, Deontay's a, a good player, so it, it definitely could be consequential here. But um, I, I think one of the things TJ is probably looking at, and this is just speculation. I haven't talked to him about this trade. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts just had his buy. Uh, Herbert is having his this week and TJ is not in a position where he can afford to lose. Go uh, 0-2. Uh, one more 0-2 and, and TJ's all but eliminated. So does he maybe give up a little more uh, than than he would like just to kind of uh, try and keep his season alive? Maybe. Maybe that's what the, the inclusion of Deontay is, is that, look, I have to get this trade done. Uh, so if I have to give up Deontay, to get it done, fine. It does leave him even more thin at wide receiver than he already was. But again, I, I think at least part of this trade is TJ looking at Hertz coming off of his buy and Herbert starting his buy and going, I mean, like I have to win this week. I have to, I have to string together wins. And, and by the way, Singletary and Cook also just coming off their buy. So Montgomery and, and Johnson, by the way, have not had theirs yet. So I think it's uh, I think it's a, a trade that's about you know a trying to have a little bit of fun, getting Jalen Hurts, who's certainly a fun player uh, to root for on your fantasy team, and also just kind of trying to stay alive another week. I, I I would guess that's my that's totally speculation. Like I said, haven't talked to TJ about this particular deal, but uh, if I had to guess, I would say the bye weeks came into play pretty large in in this negotiation. Sure, and I think that I think from that perspective, it's a deal that makes a lot of sense. You know, this it's the, this is the time of year where I think you you see the savvier owners, the sa- the savvier managers making those types of decisions where they say, "Look, you know, I'm I'm out here. I'm just trying to stay alive. I'm trying to see next week, and and so you have to do what you have to do. And so if you're down the standings, you trade star players." who are going on by or who have yet to see a bye week in exchange for players that can help you now that have either that have already had their buy and mm-hmm. and you're hoping to get relatively fair value but at the end of the day really the goal here is is to stay alive to stay in the hunt you mm-hmm. know so right and I, I do wonder if if Dewey thought about that at all um, because he's six and eight, like he's not in, he's not one of the 10 and four teams or, or better. Uh, he's six and eight. He can't really afford to, to punt wins either, but I'm wondering if Dewey's perspective is like, look, I know I'm not going to have Herbert this week and that's why I needed to, I, I don't want to say dominate, but that's why I needed to win the other, uh, parts of this trade to even consider it. I, again, totally speculation, but, um, these are two pretty good owners. So who know what they're doing? So, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if, uh, that was part of the conversation. Sure. And I, I, I do have to speculate too, though, that Dewey is probably a little bit more prone to, to turn a blind eye to some of the details. Yeah. Cause it's his boy. Knew, right. Cause he wants to get, he wants to seal the deal for Herbert and I'm sure TJ knew that. So yeah. oh, absolutely. one way or another, this, one way or another, this is a very, uh, this is a, a good deal. Yeah. Very I'd legitimate, agree. very, very fair deal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Next move here, we've got two more. So um, earlier this afternoon, before the kickoff of Thursday Night Football, um, Cam acquires Terry McLaurin and Khalil Herbert from Dewey in exchange for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, what do you th- what did you think about about this deal? I don't get it. I I just like. Don't get me wrong, McLaurin's a, a very good player, um, very good real life player, and he certainly is a fantasy asset. He plays for Washington, you know, and and he's getting the ball thrown to him seven, eight times a game by Taylor Heineke and maybe Carson Wentz in a few weeks. Like, eh. and then you get Herbert, who's definitely talented. Like Khalil Herbert is a very, very good uh, football player who. I don't trust to get workload uh, enough. Well, I don't trust to get enough workload to ever or to consistently, I should say, turn on that talent. Now, Montgomery is, eh, I mean, I, did Montgomery get traded three times since our last recording? Is, is that right? Or is it four? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. I think so. So, right. So part of me wants to be like, okay, I get what, I get what, um, I get what Cam's doing here. Obviously, he's banking on the better player, the better running back, um, getting more and more touches because the talent edge over Montgomery is so apparent. And I can buy that, except it's the Bears. The Bears are kind of stupid. And despite Herbert's obvious talent edge, David Montgomery continues to outsnap him every week he's been healthy. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I don't want to say Herbert can't be a number two running back. Um, but I have questions about that on a week to week basis. I would never put him in my number two, like I would never rank him as a number two running back on a week by week basis. As long as Montgomery was healthy. Um, again, he's the better player than Montgomery, but workload still does matter. I I'm a proponent of talent over, over, uh, opportunity, but in reality you need both. Is there going to be enough opportunity for both of those guys to be fantasy viable? Yeah. I guess we'll find out. And then, like I said, McLaurin's a really good player, um, but Hopkins, he's just, he's different. He's just on a different tier. So like, like I, said, I don't think it's a, a terrible trade. I just, I, I look at this and I go, why? You know, like what, what does Cam think he knows about McLaurin and, and Herbert? All right. The the last thing that I just wanted to add about about Cam's deal here, you know, I think that definitely when I look at his roster, what I notice is he probably was just concerned about his ability to field a competitive lineup, that a full lineup of, you know, this week because he's got Wentz on IR, Watson who's still suspended, he's got Damian Williams and Dobbins on IR. Um, Keenan Allen's on by Metcalf is questionable at this point, and then Van Jefferson's on IR. So, so uh, you know, you go out there, you trade the best player in the deal, and in exchange, you do you get a downgrade at receiver, but you also get an additional piece in Herbert that that you can plug in to mm-hmm. the flex to get points. So, I think that that was probably a lot of his of his thinking insofar as is that that the deal is concerned um i 
I would just say this, Cam. Um, I know there's a lot of wondering and speculation about how long DK is going to be out or if he's going to miss any time at all. Just know that I am an insider and I know exactly what the Seahawks thought process is in terms of his recovery. So you can, uh, you can learn it too for a, uh, for a small fee. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, and then the last deal that happened live on the podcast uh, was actually Max and Jake Smith. It looks like Max has had enough of Clyde Edwards Euler. And so he, coming. so he's moving on from him, trades him to Jake Smith in exchange for James Robinson. So um, I don't really have much to say about the deal. I mean, I think that that deal is fine. I think that Jake Smith is going to go ahead and gamble on, you know, on, well, Max is gambling on the potential upside of James Robinson and Jake is just going to go ahead and, and, you know, add Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who is on by this week. Um, but a guy that apparently Jake feels more comfortable about, you know, moving forward. Um, so, um, I don't really have much to say. What, do you have any thoughts on the deal? Uh, just that Jake really loves his, uh, his board bet trades. Um, so, so no, uh, no, nothing much to add here. Um, you know, it's, it's two guys who are probably headed for a timeshare of some sorts. Um, and so it's just, my guess is that Jake's looking at it and going, well, I'd rather have a piece of the Kansas city run game than the jets run game. And, and Max is sitting here thinking about like, you know, I don't have all the New York jets, so let's just go get James Robinson. Um, so I, I think that's probably, uh, the scenario here, but also Max needs wins. Right. And like you said, Edward Solaire is, is on, is on by this week. So there you go. So that does it for um, that does it for the trades for this week, um, and that pretty well does it for the for the podcast. Do you have any closing remarks for the people before you, you uh, before you go on with your with your evening and, and enjoy your vacation? Uh, no. Uh, good job stepping up on the trades, guys. I think last week we had what three or four. The week before we had two. Uh, and then this year, this week, you guys decided like, yeah, well, you guys want to work. We'll, we'll make it work. So, um, I will say that if you had told me that we would be breaking down 12 trades, uh, this week on this week's podcast, I would have gambled pretty hard that one of those trades would have been, would have involved me. (laughs) Right. But instead what we got was six trades involving Brian tearing down his roster. Brian went on a bender that he hasn't sobered up from yet. Um, <laughs> hopefully we'll see. But uh, no, it's, it, it was a, it was a fun week in, in the league. Uh, you know, a ton of trades and a, a lot of different varieties. You know, we had bulk deals, we had board bet deals. We had, I mean, I, I don't know how to be nice about it. We had like, what the hell are you thinking trades? Like, yeah, it was, it was a good mix uh, of deals and uh, it was, uh, it was fun to talk about. Agreed. So with that being said, don't slow down. Keep the activity coming up. I know at some point it's going to be everybody's favorite 
time of the season, the trade deadline, you're going to want to go. Pitch to the league manager about when the trade deadline is. Right, that time right. Of year. Classic, classic. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and log off a sleeper and I'll come back. <laughs> I'll come back when the deadline's over with. So um, there you with go. that being said, um, I don't have any closing remarks either. Um, so I guess I'll sign off. This is your boy, Matty G, signing off with Colby Patnode, reminding you, as always, to fade Matty G. He knows things. Which is why he's 3-11. <laughs>